0: Episode 113 of the State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on July 3rd, 2021. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. This week on the show, Legacy of the Sith is the next expansion for Star Wars The Old Republic. It features a cool new system for your characters called Combat Styles. I'll tell you everything we know about it so far. Also this week, Legacy of the Sith includes new levels, new story, new ops, and more. I'll tell you where we're going and who we're fighting. Finally, this week it's the summer of SwoTOR 2021, which means the Light Life event is happening. I'll tell you about some of the new rewards and prizes you can win this year. And with that, it's time to make the jump to Lightspeed and cue the moron. Welcome to episode 113 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host Ted, and as you heard in the opening, I have another great show lined up for you today. Well, 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 it's been kind of a quiet year for Star Wars The Old Republic, but that all changed on Thursday when Bioware held a livestream to talk about their plans for SWTOR's 10th anniversary, none bigger than its upcoming expansion, Legacy of the Sith. Legacy of the Sith, aka LOTS for short, is the next expansion for Star Wars The Old Republic. Like past expansions, it will have an increase in the level cap to 80. There will be more story, a new daily area on Manan, a new flashpoint on the planet Elam, a new five boss operation, and a major chain to characters in combat called Combat Styles. I'll talk about the story, the flashpoint, and all that other stuff. But I wanted to start with combat styles as it is clearly the defining feature for Legacy of the Sith. So what exactly are combat styles? Well imagine a galaxy where your bounty hunter could face its quarry with a giant hand cannon, or your juggernaut could wield a double bladed lightsaber, or your dark side Jedi consular could vanquish their foes by shooting lightning at them. Well that's exactly what you're going to be able to do with combat styles. Now we're all familiar with how the game works today. When you create a character you have to choose an advanced class. It's an important and defining choice because it's permanent. Comes with certain restrictions such as the type of armor you can wear, the weapons you can use, it determines the story path your character will take, and most importantly, it defines the style of combat your character will have. Tank, healer, range DPS, melee DPS, and so on. In Legacy of the Sith, combat styles are going to allow us to have a lot more choices. Here's what Charles Boyd had to say about this system during their live stream.
1: Combat styles is going to open up those options substantially. What that means, now your your trooper could be a sniper, your trooper could be a gunslinger, you can finally be Captain Rex, you can finally be uh, Crosshair from Bad Batch. Um, you can still use a rifle or a combat, uh, cannon if you want. Uh, basically any advanced class that's on the tech side currently will be a combat style available to you as a trooper uh, in 7.0. Same with uh, on the force side, same with everyone on each side. They are definitely divided by force and tech, no, no crossing over that way. But yeah, so at, at its heart, what is this doing? It's separating your class story choice from your gameplay. So t- to some degree. So now you want to be a trooper, but you want to use two pistols. Now you'll be able to do that. The way you play A2 Pistol Trooper, you know, depending on if you pick Gunslinger or, uh, or Merc, right? Um, it'll still play the way those advanced classes roughly do today. Obviously, this is an expansion. We're going to be adding a lot of new gameplay elements, chain tweaking abilities, doing a lot of stuff in that world as well. Um, but really, that's the, probably the simplest way to understand it, is expanding which advanced classes or now combat styles are available to which storylines. Uh, force classes will have a dark light requirement, so you, know, you can't make a level one Jedi Knight and immediately be shooting force lightning. That wouldn't really make sense. Um, but you can be a Jedi Knight that shoots force lightning. Eventually. Eventually. Dark
0: side choices through the story. Yep. Now, that is a lot to digest there. And before I do, on SWTOR.com, Bioware wrote this about combat styles. Players can now separate their class story from gameplay style for an even greater customization experience. This frees up advanced class options as characters can choose any advanced class with a tech or force playstyle, play as a trooper wielding a sniper rifle, or a Sith Inquisitor with a lightsaber in each hand, or even secretly use dark side powers while posing as a member of the Jedi Order. And I mention the write up because it's another point of clarity about a major change coming in lots that quite frankly is missing lots of details. And by the way, I make zero apologies about any puns using lots, as Eric Musco pretty much gave us all license to do this while legacy of the Sith is a thing.
1: Here's Eric. P.S. Uh, the, using lots as a pun is going to happen annoyingly for now until, the until I can no, no longer am allowed to do so. So
0: get ready for that. So here is my interpretation about this system. They are dividing up the advanced classes between Force and Tech, i.e. lightsabers and blasters, and then opening up all the Force advanced classes to the four Force-based classes, Jedi Knight, Jedi Consular, Sith Warrior, and Sith Inquisitor. And then they are opening up all of the Tech advanced classes to the four Tech-based classes, Smuggler, Republic Trooper, Bounty Hunter, and Imperial Agent. And I think that's an important distinction because it means you can't be a bounty hunter and a mercenary and use a sniper rifle. You can be a bounty hunter and a sniper and use a sniper rifle. In other words, if you want to be a bounty hunter and use a sniper rifle, you have to want to play the sniper advanced class, which in today's galaxy is only available to Imperial agents. And if you don't enjoy the sniper playstyle. Well, you're kinda out of luck if you wanted to use a sniper rifle with your bounty hunter. Now, Charles mentioned separating the class story from the combat playstyles, but here's the thing. Many of the combat abilities and animations are geared towards the various classes. Just look at Arsenal Mercenaries, Death from Above, heat Seeker Missiles, Rail Shot, Tracer Missiles. All of these are abilities based on having Mandalorian-like armor. In fact, the only abilities that utilize the blasters are Blazing Bolts and Sweeping Blasters. And I guess Death from Above also does too, but it's still very much a bounty hunter move as far as I'm concerned. I'm really hoping that they give base class flavor to all of these combat styles. Otherwise, there's no difference to this than there is to, say, rolling a sniper and then dressing them up in Shea Vizsla's armor, which we can do today. Given the dark side requirements for Jedi to use force lightning, it gives me hope that they're putting some serious work into this and not just opening up the advanced classes and labeling them combat styles. Now with this change comes the ever-present issue of class balance. With more combat, tanking, and healing options available to a single character, having proper class balance is vital. If you're a tech class and like to play ranged DPS and prefer Arsenal or Innovative Ordnance, but it turns out that Virulent Sniper does the top DPS, well guess what? You may be asked to switch to that if you do high end operations or ranked PVP. Depending on how easy it is to switch between combat styles, and it sounds like it will be pretty easy, we may see groups adjust their composition for individual encounters. And more players may need to learn how to tank or heal since those options will be more readily available. No rolling a sniper or marauder and locking yourself into a pure DPS role. Of course, to play these combat styles we'll need gear and presumably different sets of gear. No word on what's happening with set bonuses, amplifiers, and tacticals, but I assume they're sticking around and we'll just get all new ones for Legacy of the Sith. If you play a lot of alts, and I think most people do, then you're used to gearing up multiple characters and farming those sets and so on. We're not necessarily used to doing it on a single character though. I think this is a very cool system, but I'm also watchful to see if there are pockets in the community where this flexibility becomes a bit of a burden. Now I just said I'm pretty certain we'll need multiple sets of gear to play these different combat styles, and to help with this, BioWare is adding a loadout system where we'll be able to save our gear, discipline points, abilities on the action bar, and more. To allow us to switch between combat styles with just a touch of a button there is lots to be learned here such as is there a limit to how many combat styles we can choose per character and if there's a cost to switch i doubt it we should learn a lot more this coming week as on july 5th changes to the jedi guardian will go up on the public test server aka pts and we'll get our first hands-on look at combat styles and changes coming to Jedi Guardians. Now one thing that won't be going up on the PTS is the new story. In Legacy of the Sith, the story will take us to two key locations. The first is the waterworld of Manan. Of course we know Manan from KOTOR and the prelude to Shadow of Revan. As well as what I consider to be my second favorite stronghold behind Yavin 4. So we're going back to this familiar world and we're going to do what we do best and that's pretty much destroy it here's what charles boyd said about our return to
1: manan during the live stream we're going to manan in a state of war it's it's, it's been you know ravaged and just, there's lots of destruction lots of fighting uh, totally different from the very serene place that we're used to the sith Empire is invaded they're looking to seize kulto which we all know is the most vital medical resource in the galaxy uh, so, Republic and Imperial separate storylines going to be battling for control of the planet, control of the culto, uh, and of course dealing with some internal issues as well uh, to their factions that we've been kind of hinting at along the way. Surface structures, obviously, underwater facilities, it's not been on without going underwater a little bit. and Even the ocean floor, you're not going to be swimming around, we're not adding swimming, don't take that as a feature. <laughs> but- right. You know, you went, you went underwater in uh in of the Republic, uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll t- you'll, you'll learn more. You'll learn more. And then, of course, afterwards, uh, opening it up as a uh, daily area with repeatable objectives. Uh, That's right. Effect.
0: The other place we're going to is a planet called Elam. It's not new to Star Wars, but if you look it up on Wikipedia, you'll see that not much is known about it. It's safe to say that SWOTOR will explore this world like no one else has and here's what Charles had to say about Elam.
1: Elam is another planet, uh, very rarely seen actually. I don't, I'm trying to think if it's really been depicted much at all anywhere else. Uh, it's an existing planet in the lore, but first time appearing in Skotor. Uh, it's, it's a you know, sort of desolate and remote place, uh, not too far from uh, Drom and Kos, another you know, Sith aligned areas. This is where we're gonna be pursuing Darth Malgus, or at least pursuing what we believe Darth Malgus is up to. Uh, The ruined fortress of an ancient Sith, I mentioned earlier, you might learn a little bit more between now and 7-0, you will, Uh, whose existence has been wiped from all records. Uh, Malgus has been collecting relics related to this Sith, and we want to know why. So figure out where was this Sith's base of operations, and we're going to go try to learn what we can uh, about what Malgus is up to.
0: Now, Elam will be part of a new flashpoint and not a planet that we visit via our starships. I'm glad we're getting a new daily area, but I kind of wish it were on Elam and not Manan. Actually, I'd like to get one on both planets. I've said it before, but the world building has improved a lot in the last few years, and I like to go back and see these places. Capero is one of my favorites, but I hardly ever run that flashpoint, so I don't get to enjoy it that much. I've seen Manan. We have a stronghold. I'd prefer to spend time someplace new. Minor gripe to be sure, and who knows, we may get to visit these places in a new fashion if the story permits. One thing Charles did mention in the live stream is that we may get some smaller bits of story that will lead us into Legacy of the Sith. And did I mention the official release date is Holiday 2021? Yeah, it's a ways off, and there are a lot more features to talk about. But before I get to that, here are some of the events coming to the Old Republic a little sooner than Holiday 2021. Happening in the month of July, we have the Nightlife event, which runs until August 10th. There's a double XP event happening right now that ends on July 13th. Also happening right now is the Rackle event that ends on July 6th. The Relics of the Greed will run from July 13th through July 20th. And finally, the Pirate Incursion on Dantuin will run from July 27th through August 3rd. A few other things happening in July outside of the game are The Jedi Guardian changes for Legacy of the Sith will be on the PTS on July 5th. Seeing Red, a Mandalorian short story, will be released on July 12th. There will be a new Dev Team feature, Ashley Rule and SWTOR Cinematics, on July 19th. And then Looking Back on Manan will happen on July 26th. I know July has just started, but I feel like it's done and dusted already. Well, there is lots more stuff coming in Legacy of the Sith, and it wouldn't be an expansion without a new operation. Now, if you thought you were done cleaning up the messes caused by Zerka Corporation, I've got bad news for you. The R4 Anomaly is a new five-boss operation that has you tracking a dangerous Sith cult trying to get its hands on some Zerka weapons. follow on to the nature of progress story one thing that charles mentioned in the live stream is that the r4 anomaly is going to be a bit of a is going to have i should say a bit of a space horror vibe to it which i kind of like if you haven't done the hk-51 missions you really need to do that part of it takes you to a derelict ship called the theoretica has a creepy vibe to it and it's one of my favorite missions if the new ops is taking direction from that then it bodes well for a cool and creepy environment. Story and veteran modes will release with the expansion, and Master Mode will come later in 2022. Legacy of the Sith will also bring Galactic Seasons 2 Shadows of the Underworld that will reward players with another new companion, this time a Duros named Fen Zael. You should also expect to see lots of improvements based on feedback from Season 1. As you know, Star Wars The Old Republic is a ten-year-old game, but as Eric Musco said in the live stream, they don't want it to look like a ten-year-old game. So expect to see major improvements to the game's UI. There will be improvements to all of the major windows on release. Think character sheet here. Character creation will also get an update. And then as Legacy of the Sith progresses, we'll see continued improvements throughout 2022. And looking ahead to 2022 and the 10-year celebration, Fireware will release more story, the Master Mode op, which I mentioned. There will be a PVP revamp. No idea what that means. Galactic Season 3, a new Flashpoint, new locations, tech modernization, and visual improvements. So that's all good news for Legacy of the Sith. The bad, well, holiday 2021 is several months away. But if you're a subscriber, you have access to the PTS and we'll be able to test much of this starting with Jedi Guardians next week. Great anticipation for Legacy of the Sith. I'd like to point out that we are in the midst of the Summer of Swotor 2021, and that means the nightlife event is in full swing. This year's event is pretty much like last year's play the Smuggler slot machine to win Kingpin's tokens, use the Kingpin's tokens to play the Kingpin slot machine, and hope you win Emperor's tokens that you can then use to play the Emperor's slot machine for big prizes. This year, the Emperor's slot machine rewards the C1-4W, a.k.a. Claw, mini-pet, and a new visor, the High Roller Shades, which light up with rainbow colors when you enter combat. They'll actually look pretty cool. In addition to the Emperor's tokens, which are rare, the Kingpin's machines also reward a Vectron Mount, Cartel Market Certificates, and Golden Certificates, and I think you can still get a Companion from those machines as well the golden certificates are specific to the event and can be used to purchase previous years rewards and some new rewards for this year which are the kingpin's gringna mount the floor trap blast pad and floor trap frost stronghold decorations and those floor traps look like uh, what you would see when you play hutball So although the Emperor's Tokens are a rare drop from the Kingpin's machines, you can get them from other sources, including PvP, Flashpoint, and Ops Bosses. And you can also get them by running a set of missions specific to the Nightlife Event. Nightlife Event is going on now and will end on August 10th. Well, if you like getting rewards but don't like the randomness of the Nightlife Event, you can head over to swotor.com forward slash redeem dash code and enter the code lots of swotor, that's L-O-T-S-O-F-S-W-T-O-R, and you will receive a head of coal stronghold decoration on all of your characters. Don't wait too long, though, as the code is only valid valid until July 15th. Now, for a little bit of housekeeping before we get out of here today, I'm traveling again starting tomorrow. So, in keeping with my recent pace, episode 114 may not be until early August. I'm going to try and do a shorter episode once we get some info on the Jedi Guardian stuff, but no promises. I will say this, when I return in August, I'll be back for a good long stretch and ready to celebrate 10 years of tour with all of you. And that's the State of the Old Republic for today. Let me cut in the sublight engines and cue the music and congratulate you on surviving another half hour listening to episode 113 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and I thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly from the show's site, which is SotorPodcast.com. And there is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at soldierpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions too, at sotarpodcast, or send me a direct message. And be sure to follow me on Twitter to get the latest information on the show. Until then, remember the Sith Code, Cake is Alive.